0: purpose is not what you do it's who you are and this journey of working on yourself and unraveling all these awarenesses of self is the greatest gift you can give yourself and the people around you welcome to the stay grounded podcast i'm your host raj jana founder of liberate and it's my mission to help you become the most grounded loving and authentic version of yourself that you can be each week i interview experts in the fields of mindset spirituality and emotional well-being My brilliant guests share their tools, stories, and unique perspectives to help you develop the skills you need to show up fully for the people and things that matter most in your life. Now let's dive in. Buenos dias, amigos, welcome to this special episode of Stay Grounded. This one's a little different in that it wasn't recorded to be a Stay Grounded episode episode it was actually uh an episode that i recorded for a dear friend of mine dan russell who's a brilliant thinker uh seeker explorer of consciousness and the realms just i mean he's just one of those human beings really really true soul brother and i enjoyed the conversation so much and we went in so many amazing directions that i wanted i actually got his permission to share that podcast on my podcast so that all of you can enjoy it as well. So, enjoy it. We go in so many amazing directions, talking about building the courage muscle to how do we really begin to harness those skill sets and 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 really cultivate the skill sets to go within. Like, what does that even mean? Whether it's cha- exploring challenging emotions, building the 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 comfortability or the, if that's the right word the building the the skill set to be comfortable inside of challenging emotions and how doing this type of work actually can have such a ripple impact on health, on work. I mean, I like to think of this inner excavation, integration as the most human skill set we can build. And that's ultimately what we go deep on on this podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. If you haven't already subscribed to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast apps, all that means is that every single time I release a new episode, it'll drop straight into your inbox and I hope you enjoy, hope you're having a great start to 2024 and uh, I look forward to continuing to create more of these little nuggets um, for us to enjoy together. All right, without further ado, here is my dear friend, Mr. Dan Russell and myself exploring the edges of what it means to be alive.
1: Why don't we start with the The moment that you were running uh, Java Press and just mm-hmm. dis- and kind of came to this realization that there was more and you wanted to to dive deeper into uh, the work that you're doing now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So for context, I started my first company when I was 24, and I it was kind of like an, a happy accident. I was working as an engineer and didn't really want to be an engineer, and then I read a book called The Four Hour Work Week, and Made me realize this whole world of entrepreneurship, and I started and I launched my first little side hustle as a side hustle. Three months after I launched that that side hustle, I had a dear mentor pass away from a heart attack three months before his retirement date, and that was kind of like the first little seed that made me start to question reality and start to question this whole rat race that I was on and had unintentionally created for myself. And I was looking at my family and everyone in my life and. Just this kind of it just felt like it was it was a very disruptive event that forced me to create urgency in my life to 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 go out there and and become an entrepreneur, but also just not allow this fear of death to stop me or this this prolonging of this thing down the road to um, stop me from living my life. So that then led to me launching my podcast, which is called Stay Grounded and i started just creating a lot of content around you know what it means to stay grounded in the moments you love using our rituals and having you know creating meaningful relationships and it started there that's where everything started for me it's like that was about five years ago and then in 2019 i uh sold a, a large portion of my coffee company um to a partner and then i started focusing on my relationships and at the time i was in a nine-year relationship and i was not proposing and i was very confused Uh, but also it was like this thing i could not run from because she was knocking on the door every every week like what are we doing are we going in the right direction and i was like resistant to break up but i was also very resistant to go deeper and so i then went into my first plant medicine experience at the time and that uh, to get some clarity around that question and that's when i got back in my body and i was experiencing more joy more love more passion more everything and more of my trauma and more of my inner workings my beliefs i was everything was louder it's like the amplifier just turned up on turns the volume all... up on everything on all of the emotions the good ones and the not so good ones that i had lodged away in my psyche intentionally and unintentionally to be honest i didn't know what was back there and i had a really hard time integrating that experience and i kept going back to more plant medicine because i thought that was going to help me get back to a state of peace but all that did was just amplify it even more and bring more to the surface and you know, five or six months after that experience, I was just in a really tough spot, and that's when I started working. Um, in fact, my I was still kind of navigating whether I was going to, you know, move through this relationship or not. And about four or five months after all this repetitive plant medicine work, I had we I started having some challenges, some health challenges where we would try to be intimate and start experiencing moments of erectile dysfunction and like my, like my sexual health was just like, not like there. And I, as a young 27 year old man was starting to freak out. Mm -hmm. I was just really like, what is going on with my body? And me being this engineer kind of like biohacking guy, I was buying all the supplements and I was going to all the red light therapy machines and biohacking devices and reading books and doing all the things. Um, And then I had someone on my podcast, a mutual friend, actually, Grace Smith who's a hypnotherapist. And she talked to me about the role that your unconscious mind plays on trauma and life and how everything is back there. And I was like, why not? Let's just do a session with her. And we did a session with the intention of kind of exploring all the challenges that I was experiencing in my relationship. And when we did that, that's when we went and uncovered this whole world of Limiting beliefs, beliefs that I wasn't worthy of love unless I was absolutely sure and perfect in partnership. There was all this. It was like a very tangled web of how my mind was actually creating the physical symptoms that I was experiencing. And after that awareness, um, I ended up, you know, breaking up with my or or we transitioned out of my former partnership, and it started a very interesting awakening journey for me over the next several years, where I was just investing in therapies after therapy and and tools and resources to try and navigate my internal landscape just because I was feeling so off feeling so away and disconnected from the deepest aspects of my of my spirit mm. and on that journey is then when i met my dear uh business partner or my i knew my business partner mike klein before all of this but we really connected on this path of awakening and he was starting to work on resources to um To make mental and emotional well-being more uh, accessible to the masses like you know i feel very lucky in my life i have resources to spend thousands of dollars on retreats and experiences and coaches and everything but you know a majority of people don't have those resources and so we were trying to solve the problem how do we you know shortcut the path for somebody who's just in a period of struggle and that's when liberate started coming to life and then we started working with cancer patients and as we started working you know, and that's a whole nother story if we want to go there. But basically, you know, Liberate came to be then. But as we started serving different communities, uh, that health conversation kept coming back, right? Of you know, people who were having symptoms that they couldn't get a, get rid of, or diseases that they couldn't get rid of with conventional treatments, using different holistic alternative treatments, and seeing massive results, and that was like kind of the big aha awakening for wow okay like there needs to be tools to integrate emotional well-being into physical health care and that's really what liberate does now
1: and i and uh for for those of you who haven't checked it out if you uh, go to liberate l-i-b-e-r in the number eight dot health You guys can see what, what, uh, Raj is working on. It's a really powerful platform and something that, uh, is incredible for integration as well as preparation for healing experiences and, you know, choosing the right healing journey for you. So highly recommend you guys check out what, uh, what he's built. Um, I can... I can totally relate to uh to your story because it's actually something I've been going through the last uh couple of years. Um I realized that I had really low testosterone. I had no idea why. Like uh I had it was exactly what you 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 described like I'm healthy, I'm doing all the things, I'm working out like it, it, but uh like the the sex drive was low and you know like this is this is not normal. I need to figure this out like because I am young and I am healthy. And, and, uh, I too went into uh point medicine experience and found out that there's, there was all of this, um, all these beliefs around sex that were instilled in me from my Catholic upbringing mm. that was all about just like suppression, you know? the when I was growing up and I don't I don't fault anybody I don't fault my parents I don't even fault the catholic church like it's on me like I took that on um however the environment that I was in somehow created these beliefs that uh, that I took on or that that were telling me sex is bad you shouldn't you like don't have sex until you're married like you have to <clears throat> like follow the rules and even then <clears throat> even then once you once you are married and, you know, with your forever person, like it should be something that's like really, really, you know, sacred, but like not sacred in like, in like a celebration way, but sacred is in like, you know, Catholic sacred, like don't touch it. <laughs> so, um, like that, un that unraveling for me, like I completely can relate to, to that experience and it's something that yeah. is in there or was in there. And I had no idea,
0: just that's the thing. it's always
1: beneath the surface
0: it's unaware and until we have opportunities for that stuff to come up, it really doesn't right like right it's it's one of those like you know I it's interesting like every and I trust now so deeply in life and the way that life is continuing to bring forth the perfect triggers and the perfect opportunities for me to continue growing and I think health is just one of the biggest mirrors we have relationships and health it's like work purpose or work and slash purpose relationships and health are like the three biggest mirrors, I would say. And I think that health to me is a really fascinating one because there's so many distractions from the real root, (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: right? Like it's very easy to go down this path of just looking for the next pill because that's what we've been conditioned to do. Like conditioned you were the same way that your beliefs about sex were conditioned because of the Catholic church. Our beliefs about health have been conditioned from decades of pharmaceutical just companies just pumping down this idea that the answer is in a pill. Yeah. And so even holistic health, the first thing everybody does is go buy all the supplements. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first thing we do. Why? Because it's literally what we've been conditioned to do. It's like the supplement exactly. has the answer. Yeah, And so yeah, the answer is out there. The answer is out there. It cannot be within you uh-huh. because if it was actually within you, how disruptive would that be to every single system at large Mm -hmm. it's it's too disruptive
1: i think it and the reflections that those reflectors that you had mentioned uh work relationships and and health you know they all when we when we get something reflected back to us which happens quite often if and and we but we only notice it if we're open enough to it um we have to realize that something internally has to change, and that's the yeah. reason that a lot of people will say, "Oh, I'd rather take the pill." You know, I'd rather take the diet supplements than start eating healthy and change my eating habits or start working out and, and you know change my movement habits. It's a lot easier, at least in the short term, to get that answer externally and pay for it, or, you know, just have somebody else figure it out for you, then, uh, you know, just go inward and, and and change it. And it gets easier, I, I think it gets easier with time. Like once you start getting used to that process of going inward and asking, well, what do I need to change? Like, not even what do I have to change? Like, what do I have to notice
0: mm, beautiful. about
1: myself and witness in order to get this result that I'm seeking, whether that's a better sex life or more better health or, uh, you know, more emotional stability.
0: one of the things I've been noticing for myself is it's like the path to the thing I actually want can't get there if I'm focusing on the thing that I want. It's like if I want. And and I'll give you an example, like, you know, I used to have crazy gut issues. That was like my big thing, like digestion was bad. I needed. Like my body was, I do labs and I go to the functional medicine doctor and I'd be creating such little acid, like hydrochloric acid in my stomach that I couldn't break down food. And then I'd have to go and take tons of enzymes. And like, that's like my body was just like, it's like my digestive tract just wasn't working. Mm -hmm. I tried everything and I was like trying to do the thing to get there. And then I went into my first ayahuasca ceremony and I sat in the medicine and I, and I went in with the intention of, okay. I would love to explore what is actually happening in my body. And it was just the exploration. The answer was not, I want this gone. The answer mm-hmm. is I need to know and I want to see what is actually happening. Right. Because I think the first step is the awareness. Yeah, I think so many times we try to jump to the tool before we do the awareness work, before okay. we ask those bigger questions, before we have the courage to. And I, the courage is the muscle that we build over time. I think when you're when you're saying things get easier over time. The ease is actually that, like, oh, I'm just braver. Like yeah. it's really it's hard. Thing. It's really hard to look at my stuff when I have never looked at it because I'm like terrified of yeah. what's back there. And then you peek and then you start to tiptoe in, and then all of a sudden you're like doing full-on belly flops in there. You know, like it's like you you build the courage to just go deeper and deeper and deeper. And for me, I remembered when I asked that question, then what presented itself to me was this big black not in my stomach that was representing a fear of letting go of control.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I was shown and shown all the parts of my life where I'm holding on for dear life yeah. and where that stuff was coming from, coming from, you know, all the generational beliefs around my parents never came from a lot of money. My parents came to the U S with $50 in their pockets and they constantly lived in this survival state. And to have those types of Operations happening in the background of my body was leading to health challenges. And thankfully, I had the awareness to start asking those questions. And then from there, you know, went deeper into my integration work after that ceremony and started to look at my relationship with control and started to make life changes and bolder choices and ease down on anything that I was holding on to and really created a more holistic life. And now, a year later, from that ceremony, it's been a year. I literally don't have any, like, I don't have any eczema, which was really the thing I was trying to go after, which was apparently a cause of gut issues. I don't need enzymes anymore. My digestive function is incredible. Um, Like there's all these benefits. So like, it's like these winds have come, but it took a year.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Because the awareness was shown, but then the integration was me then implementing that insight. Wow. It's yeah. my relationship and control. Where in my life am I holding on?
1: yeah
0: and that's where it gets it can be hard right so this is where community helps and coaches help and it's 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 not an easy route which is why i think this medicine isn't the one that people choose <laughs> it's, it's not the one that's like shiny and i just right. yeah
1: it's but it is the one i think that most people end up at yes i think i, think uh, that, I would
0: have to agree that with that
1: yeah like most of most of the people that i've spoken with that started like i i knew them when they started and it was like they were just going like on a light journey and like let me just dip my toes in water like a year later they're asking questions about ayahuasca like okay i think i'm ready yeah (laughs) because it is that ultimate experience of like okay like you really ready to open the hood (laughs)
0: it's it's the most um confronting uh medicine that i think i've it was one of the most powerful experiences and also one of the scariest. And it took me years of developing the foundational skill sets to be ready to receive information like that. And I think that's a big part of doing this type of work. It's why I, I'm i so passionate about Liberate, I, I think, because Liberate is like the tool I needed when I first got started. Like if before I ever picked up a tool at all, whether it was hypnotherapy, plant medicine, like there's basic skill sets of awareness that I needed to just master. How oh, yeah. do I observe and hold space for my anger and my sadness? How do I learn to pay attention to my triggers and stop blaming and projecting and start to take ownership? Like all these little foundational skill sets that i I feel like there's so like that should be just taught in schools. Like we should have learned this stuff when we were kids, but mm-hmm. we didn't. We didn't learn nervous system regulation. We didn't learn how to work with our awareness. We didn't learn you know, relational skills. And, and I think all of these are so important because the stuff you learn inside of these tools all require integration. And integration is that, how to human piece, right? Like all these skills that make you a human being, like those are the integration skills. And so it's almost like, I I, I now am of the opinion that, you know, integ- you, you start with integration mm. and, instead of going to the the medicine, it's like the integration is actually, it's all, you're always integrating. The medicine yeah. is just bringing more awareness, but the integration mm-hmm. is, is the actual path.
1: I love that perspective. That's really cool. Yeah. And I don't think, I, I, I think that the reason we didn't learn those skills as kids is that our parents didn't have them. Most parents, okay. I don't think have them. Their parents grew up, if you were in the U S that grew up in the depression, um, you know, uh, there then they were taught by their parents, which is where, and I, I suppose I'm, I'm just speaking from my own experience because my parents' parents grew up in the Depression, and then my, at least one of my parents, I won't name which, um, was, was like had, uh, like a, like tightly, you know, had had a lot of control around. How much money we had how much time we had to do things like there was always the, the the control and so i took that on as well and it wasn't until the well you know health and wellness movement and the the mindfulness and meditation uh movements and personal growth uh started taking off and like i hop- kind of hopped on that train um and that's when i started learning those skills and obviously there this these Things have been around since at least you know the sixties because there was this whole spiritual awakening you know in in the sixties with Timothy Leary and Ram Dass and so on, so it existed. So I'm not saying that it didn't exist, but I think you know Melanie was telling about telling me about like how many more like thirty two year olds are like today are more aware than like the fifty five year olds you know than that that grew up a little bit before us so i think there is this shift that's happening
0: yeah i mean definitely tools like all these awakening tools are supporting that and yeah it just comes back to remembering that we're not actually the physical age that we we think we are Right. Like we're actually infinite souls on an endless timeline that happen to choose this body for this timeline. And then we will evolve and jump to the next time. At least that's my personal belief. It's the only way I've been able to make sense of any of the wisdom that I have access to at the age of 32. Like, how yeah. the hell do I have any? I don't, I mean, I've lived a lot and I've done a lot of cool things. And there's a depth that sometimes I'm able to access that's like, what? Not of this life, right. not of this time, way older. <laughs> like where way did I come from? <laughs> yeah. It's like there's no other explanation than there's this infinite soul inside of me that's like the most rich and meaningful book I could possibly read. And it's constantly mm-hmm. growing and learning and absorbing and providing the most precious insights for whatever life experience I'm in. And the only explanation I have for that is that I've already experienced this in another life. Yeah. Or, you know, and there's a lot of it's like it's it's a it's a whole thing, man, like I think this like i I really think a lot about why are we waking up in this time, you know, yeah. with so much craziness, like why are we born? like why did our souls choose to reincarnate now? yeah, <laughs> and it's and that that has been the question I keep coming back to when it comes to even thinking about my work and my purpose, and like it's like it it helps me create a frame of, okay, yeah, all the challenges I went through, like how is it all serving me to be? the leader I need to be today for what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And it, and it allows a, a deeper, more, I think, connected experience with just challenge. So I think it's hard to see your, your, your purpose and what you're here to do when things are great, but when things are crap, that's when you have these opportunities to really like yeah. shape that, that, that definition of yourself. And I think those challenge, like I think the reason why we're waking up so fast is because we have tools to navigate challenge better than our parents did
1: and i think i think on a on a meta level what you just shared is is true too because if you think about how the uh at least in the united states we have like a mental health crisis on on our hands and you know in many ways we're a lot sicker now than we were 100 years ago as as a whole as a community and so that challenge has grown. And so the solutions have to grow to meet them.
0: <laughs> it's like the, the old technologies of the past just can't work in a digitally fast-paced world. I had this guy on my podcast oh, yeah. a while ago and he talked a lot about But at the same time
1: though, like, you have old technique like yoga is right. Like that's well,
0: and you know, I would say mindfulness is the most ancient technology of all. And it all comes yeah. back to that. Um, I do think that, um, you know, speaking on that, on that note, like, I mean, w- we could talk a little bit, I, I don't know if you, I'd love to know about like what tools have been the most effective for you when it comes to mm. like, like, let's say you're in, like, I guess when you, when, when you think about like, what are foundational philosophies, tools that have been like your bug out bag, if you would, like, if you had a bug out bag for, kind of like your own practice like what would be in that bug out bag you know for Um, adversity and uh, challenge and just life
1: i think the biggest one that i would i would um i would point to is something that i've started to coin as mind emptiness so you Mm -hmm. have mindfulness and i was reading a book uh i I, um it was a book of like a hundred different meditation techniques And in this book, it was describing like, what what is mindful, like what's the definition of mindfulness? And it was explaining that mindfulness is a practice of noticing and giving, like placing awareness on thoughts, feelings, patterns that are occurring in your mind to be mindful of something uh, internally. And as my practice has evolved, I've started to do the opposite, which is clearing my mind of everything, which is was my original understanding of meditation, which I believe is the is the, you know generally accepted idea behind meditation. But I had always thought like, okay, I have to have a guided meditation. Or I've got to be like focused on something uh, in order to like get to this state of centeredness. And as my practice has evolved, as I mentioned, that focus has blurred, and I've been able to get to a state of just complete emptiness. And that's been the most rejuvenating, um, the most rejuvenating practice that that I've mm-hmm. had. And I I also use different meditation, I, I use uh different meditation um tools, like uh there's a like you you're probably familiar with hape or, or rape tobacco um snuff. Mm-hmm. And like I've always really liked to incorporate that into my routine. Um and then, you know, plant medicine going on journeys every so often. Like that's 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 a, a periodic experience yeah. as well that allows me to, as you said earlier, like bring more awareness to the perpetual integration process.
0: Yeah. no oh, man, that's great. I mean, it's, what about it's you? one of those. My bug out bag, uh, I've had a consistent journaling practice for quite some time now. Um, I do a monthly look back and a reflection on my highs and lows and biggest triggers and lessons and principles. And I've been doing that for almost four years now. I think that's been probably the most helpful practice to help me stay above the noise. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I I think, you know, what I've learned for myself is when I'm living in alignment with my principles i'm rarely triggered by life yeah it's when i like fall off my principles not even my practices like the practices are like one thing but it's like if i forget the principle that you know my parents were doing the best that they could based on what they knew let's say i forget that principle that's the only time i can actually get triggered at them yeah right because if i remembered that hey you know, hurt people, hurt people, or that they've done their best, and da, 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 you know, it's, if I if I remember that, then it's like, oh, like there's nothing that I can, it, like the trigger doesn't even exist. And so, right. I've done this practice of just looking for those insights and looking for those principles, and and learning to create like a an iPhone note with the ones that have the most value for me, and then I read those pretty consistently. That's been, That's awesome. I think, like the most. Uh, it's probably been the most effective tool for me. just stay on my prayer that consistent prayer of staying attuned to just a a frequency of 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 grace if you want to call it that or whatever whatever we want to call that frequency that is like innately ours and when we're in alignment with it there's just this incredible level of peace and Mm -hmm. harmony and flow and ease that exists there and i think that is uh it's accessible to all of us, but it does take that work, right? Like the practices yeah. and the work to kind of find those principles and philosophies that are going to resonate with you and then kind of architect your own little bug out bag, if you would, um, to, yeah, it's, it's an interesting word because it's literally what we've been talking about at, at Liberate. It's like, what do we actually help people do? Like we were having a marketing conversation about it and it was like, I think we kind of just help people build their own little bug out bags for when yeah, stuff gets uh, hard and we let, and we give them all the tools and we're like, all right, these are all the tools that might work <laughs> for you. This is what worked for other people, but choose your menagerie, put it in there. And like, now, you know, are equipped. You're more emotionally resilient because you know you're prepared. Yeah. And that's ultimately, you know, the best way to be resilient is to just be more prepared.
1: Yeah. I uh, had a, uh, I wanted to 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 ask you a question that was that was that came up originally uh, when I was in a conversation with Melanie the other day, and it's something that I I'm getting more and more passionate about. I'm finding, and then I was I saw a video from on your social media feed when you were uh, interviewing. I I can't remember what his name was, but you guys were talking about. Um, uh, he was saying uh how we digest more than just food we digest mm, yeah the words Amish that on,
0: are Ayurveda, on. yeah yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm. so we do, like we, we take all that in and one of the themes that i've just been orbiting around lately is the you're, you're you're um what kind of engineer were you
0: i was a petroleum engineer
1: petroleum engineer okay so chemical and so in the in the Uh, tech engineering world and and development and you probably have heard this phrase they say garbage in garbage out right and the the idea being that if you put dirty data into an algorithm or a program you're going to get dirty data out Mm -hmm. and your analysis is going to be skewed but the same thing goes for our minds same thing goes for our bodies too but Particularly our minds. And I think about that in relation to social media, like the unhealthy level of social media that some people have, like obsession with how you look and you know what other people are doing in their lives, the news and politics and um and uh the way that you like that your relationships, well, everything is wrapped up in this complex combination of memories and senses and triggers and traumas that seeps in. Um, you know, if you're watching a, a scary movie at night and you go to bed, like you're going to have a dream about that. You may have a dream about that scary movie. Like that happens. And especially for kids. Like I remember when I was a kid, I would watch a movie and I would that would be like six months of dreams for me. Like there would be, there was, there were a couple of movies when I watched, that I watched as a kid, not even scary movies, but like they would set the theme for my subconscious mind for the foreseeable future. But the same thing happens when we're adults. And I don't think many people understand that. Like I, I spent nine years running a marketing agency, like specializing in neuromarketing. Like I read about this stuff and how, like repeated exposure to certain, you know, triggers will cause us to believe whatever that trigger is telling us. You know, that happens in politics all the time. People just aren't aware of that. So I'm curious to hear what your experience has been in that realm and like what what your thoughts are around that.
0: I mean, the you know, Bruce Lipton wrote a book called The Biology of Belief. Right. And it's like when you change the environment that the cells are in, the cells change. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's kind of the biggest piece of this, you know, if we are consistently like, this is why I think most integration doesn't work because you go into this amazing journey where you get hit with this new trigger, this new insight, this new way of being, and then you get put back into the same environment where you have all the same triggers and you're wondering why you can't stay in your heart. (laughs) wondering why you can't live a heart-centered life well it's because you built the life you built was built by the mind and the mind is programmed the mind is programmed by all these triggers by all the noise by our conditioning by our past by our traumas and i think the first step is just practicing that awareness right like i think these types of conversations are so important Mm -hmm. to help people become aware that hey like repeated exposure to any level of a, like, like you're, you're like really explaining this concept of how the mind is actually wired and programmed. Right. Like, I think, you know, it starts there. Awareness is where everything starts. And, and in my own journey, I'm still working on that one, man. Like, in fact, that's one of the big kind of draws for me to go sit in a 10 day silent meditation to absolutely destroy uh, all of my triggers like i still feel like i reach for my phone not consciously unconsciously yeah i'm programmed to do that i am programmed to reach for every and i like i'm noticing like okay like when i'm on my phone a lot i'm actually noticing the subsequent triggers that happen as a result of that like Mm -hmm. i want to do this i want to engage in that or i want to look it's like there's this so it goes really deep, and it starts with that awareness and the subtleties but i i'm I don't know if I have a full answer, but what i what I am noticing is I think the 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 most effective way in my eyes to completely remove ourselves from our triggers is to connect back with like the depths of who we are like when we yeah. connect to that it's funny I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who um you know she 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 went to she got out of a, a relationship where she realized she was in a lot of codependent patterns and like really married to the fantasy of the man. And like, in some ways that's a trigger, yeah. right? Like it's like this, this a okay. chemical addiction to shitty love, right. Or love that's like not real and rooted. It's like this fantasy. And yeah. she went to uh, AA, like Alcoholics Anonymous to go through a period of emotional sobriety to like, do that. And what she was telling me in, in the AA practice, everything is about helping you. Like she said it, like anytime you experience these triggers, it's you actually disconnecting from that depth, the deepest Mm -hmm. parts of you that are actually very grounded and rooted and safe. Yeah. But because we're not programmed, the mind doesn't actually, it's not programmed to reach that level of safety. We're disconnected from our bodies. Imagine being disconnected from our souls. like that's another layer of depth to really conquer some of these deeper addictive tendencies or these, 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 these aspects of us that are like kind of pulling us in all the directions. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, it just stuck with me because it's, I I think that is the journey that I'm on certainly of like, how do I root so deeply and really root into that part of me? That's so calm and connected and everlasting that then all the cravings and all the triggers, they just bounce off. Right. Right. And it I think that's the journey. That's the long journey. The short journey, I don't know if there is one. I've tried. No, I don't think there's even... <laughs> tried looking for a man. I'm, I'm I've been a man of of pursuit of the shortcut. <laughs> I'm looking for that shortcut. I've looked, I've tried to skip uh, steps, and the more I try to skip <laughs> steps, I'm just reminded that there's a skip a step, you gotta come back and do it again. Like it's like yep you eventually get to this point like to your point earlier in the conversation like you eventually get to a place of just realizing that the only way out is through
1: yeah yeah and 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 the the number of people that i've met who have been so it's 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 pretty remarkable how many people i've met that have been really really wound up and by wound mm-hmm. up i mean in their own head you know, they're not in their body, they're not grounded, they're, they're kind of just like, their attention span is this, this long. And they're just reacting, like reacting, reacting, reacting. And as, as you go through that unwinding process, regardless of what tool or method you use, even if it is just, you know, integration, like you were talking about before, there's a level of proactivity and I think that proactivity is also awareness. I think that's the same thing, you know, or, or at least awareness is required for the proactivity. You know, so instead of getting a craving or experiencing a trigger and then reacting to it and like going to eat the cookie or, you know, do the line of cocaine or, you know, sit and watch a movie instead of going to work out or whatever it is. There's a gap of awareness, yeah. Like, this is happening, and like the longer we can make that gap, the more opportunity we have to change the behavior that we've been trained to do.
0: It's it even like finding pleasure, like and and when you sit long enough in that spaciousness, it's like all the real roots start to present themselves, right? So there's this skill. I like to I like to call all the things we're talking about as skills because I do feel like these can be developed. Oh, like yeah. They're not like some people aren't just born more aware or more conscious. Like, sure there's you know, it's a skill that you can really develop and nurture and 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 build for yourself. And I think that one of holding the space for that spaciousness, like being in the spaciousness of the pause, yeah, It's super uncomfortable. It's super because sometimes like. You know, addictions feel like we're all addicted to something, at least. And if you've broken through your addictions, then amazing. I'm still working on breaking through mine. Like, and what I'm noticing is that like, it's like this. There's this subtle energetic that just it's an energetic that is this is uncomfortable. But the question I'm asking myself is why? Why is it uncomfortable? Like, what? I have a theory. I have a
1: theory I, I think it's uncomfortable because it that is what control feels like Like that's that is actually control rather than like our idea of control is like controlling something and like having an attachment to an outcome I think real control is being able to sit in that space and pause and decide with your conscious mind how you're going to react to something that's happened in the external world or in the internal world i think that's real control Mm. and that when we get that for the first little bit and having never experienced it before because we just grew up reacting to things and, and having triggers and reactions and triggers and reactions when we get that space for the first time we don't know what to do with it and so it's scary and uncomfortable and it feels like we, and I'll just be personally, if it, it has felt for me, like when I'm in that space, it feels for me, like I need to make a decision hmm. rather than just sit there, just like notice it and realize that you could just sit there forever and never react to the trigger.
0: I mean, that's the skill set of being able to sit with the trigger. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, it gets harder when the trigger is another person. <laughs> so it's like, you know, there's this. It's so person who goes like, your triggers, <laughs> right? There's just so much there because, and I, and I, this is why I've gotten to a place now. It's not about the outcome anymore. Like it can't be. I used to think I was doing all this work to get to a certain end zone of health. And yeah, those are north stars, but there's just an opportunity to keep unraveling. The second you work through one layer of the. The movie, you get to the next one, and it's like this consistent growth spiral, and I think that's yeah. a beautiful thing. It's it, it really is a a beautiful thing to to be aware in your life, um, and and I always come back to that because this work can be really challenging. Like it's like, why do I want to change? Like it feels so good to be like I, I for all intents and purposes, I feel like I'm pretty healthy right now. Like I'm like crushing it in my life. Like in many ways, I have a, an amazing, beautiful life, and there're still aspects that i get to look at and when i come back to like what's driving that i just i think it's it's the privilege like we have a privilege to be aware and it's a beautiful thing and i don't intend to waste it and i i hope anyone listening here is also if you ever feel like disheartened or discouraged on the path of personal growth i i hope that you find um just the incredible meaning that's there inside of it like there's there's an incredible gift like I mean purpose is not what you do it's who you are and this journey of working on yourself and unraveling all these awarenesses of self is the greatest gift you can give yourself and the people around you Um, even in the incremental micro improvements that you might be making have monumental shifts at a a cosmic level and uh,
1: yeah amen to that the hope (laughs) (laughs)
0: Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Stay Grounded. No matter where you're from or what you're going through, I hope it helps you remember just how incredible you are and have always been. If you're on a path of emotional healing or self-discovery and would like to learn how Liberate can support your journey, head to www.rajana.com forward slash Liberate. That is L-I-B-E-R 8 to learn more about our current group programs and one-on-one offerings. I love you guys and I'll see you next week.